What's up, guys? I wanted to come in and hit you with a quick one today. Uh, I got a question yesterday from a person who said that working out is a struggle for her because she, um, at any given time, only ever has like 30 minutes, sometimes even less. And she wants to work out more, but she feels like because she's so limited on time that she's not going to get an effective workout in um, because she's not able to do the sorts of exercises that she wants to do or that she thinks she needs to do in order to get a good, effective workout in. And I know that a lot of people, and if you're listening to this, you may be one of them, um, knows what this is like. Um, you've experienced the same thing. Maybe this is the case for you too. And if that is so, then, um, I want to give you, um, some tips on some exercises that you should make at the top of your priority list in order to get a good, um, effective workout in, even when you don't have very much time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five key exercises that again, if you're short on time, make sure you can squeeze these in somewhere. Because if you do, they're going to hit every major muscle group that we need to hit. Um, and they're going to get a lot of work in, in the short amount of time that you have. So when you're, when you're pressed for time like this, it's important to focus on working larger muscle groups, um, compound movements, meaning that multiple muscle groups work for the same exercise. Um, they take multiple joints through a range of motion. They're essentially working the entire body in one full movement because when we do this, um, it's going to help you build better overall strength, endurance, and it's going to burn more calories in that short time that you have than if you were to just stand there and do say like bicep curls or something like that. Um, which of course obviously have their place. But again, if you're short on time, you don't want to waste 10 minutes of the 25 minutes that you have doing bicep curls. Um, it's just not going to be as conducive to what your overall goals are. Um, when there's, there's much better things that you can do. So to start off this list, the first exercise that I think everyone should do. And if you're not able to yet, it's okay because there are progressions you can do to work your way up to these, but they are Bulgarian split squats. And if you're not familiar with what those are, these are where you simply place one foot behind you elevated on a surface, whether it be a box, a chair, um, really anything that just keeps that back foot slightly off the ground and you're squatting on the front leg. You can do these weighted or unweighted, but the reason these are so great is because the front leg, which would be the one you're squatting on, you're going to target the glute and hamstring, um, more heavily on that leg. The leg that is back, which would be the one that is off the ground and, um, sort of balancing you, keeping you from wobbling from one side to the other, you're going to be more or less kind of pushing into the surface you're stabilizing on using that leg. And what that's going to do is it's going to force that, the quadricep on that back leg to work a little bit harder. People often find that on a Bulgarian, the quad on the back leg burns more than the one that's doing the squat. And it always seems counterintuitive to people, but it actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it um, and how the move works. So you do one leg, you switch legs, and then by the time you're done with this exercise, you've worked almost every single muscle 
in the legs on both sides. And that's what makes this exercise so great. The next one is a modified push-up. Now, if you're advanced and you can do regular push-ups, that's fantastic. Do regular push-ups. A lot of people can't, but that's what's beautiful about the push-up is that it is modifiable. And so the modified version would look like bringing your knees to the floor, crossing your feet, use something on the floor to soften um, the impact on your knees, use a towel, a pillow, a pad, whatever it is, and let your knees rest on there, cross your feet, let them come off the floor and do the push-up as you normally would. A lot of people still struggle with this variation because even though it's easier than doing the full push-up on your toes, it's still not that easy if you haven't fully developed the strength for push-ups. Now to regress even further, I've actually had clients do wall push-ups, right? Really just any method of you pushing against a flat surface while your body is in a slightly inclined um, angle is going to give you the same effect. Some people are just starting and even a wall push-up can be difficult. Over time, inch yourself further away from the wall to further intensify that angle to the point that eventually the wall isn't doing anything for you anymore and you have to transition to something else. This can be doing push-ups against the bed. This can be doing push-ups against the kitchen table, against a bench, and then you slowly work your way down to the floor. You can always start somewhere with a push-up. The next one is an inverted row. Now, this is pretty much the opposite of the modified push-up. An inverted row essentially just means that you're rowing your own body weight up off the ground. Now, again, you don't have to be on the ground when you start these. You can be in an elevated angled position. Okay, so a really good one for this is a uh, table row. And that's where if you have a table that you are able to get your body under, you can grab the edge of the table and you're essentially pulling yourself up away from the floor towards the table. Now, um, there are certain ways to do this that are better than others uh, with regard to the table row. For example, let's suppose you have a long table, a rectangular shaped table, and it's it's very long. You would want to row from the edge of the table, which which would be the um, like the sides, right? You would come from, you would come from under the sides. So the so think of it like this: the length of your body would be in line with the length of the table, and you're underneath of it. And the reason why is because as you're rowing against the edge, it's far less likely for the table to flip. If you're doing it from the side, the table itself doesn't have as much stability in that um, in that position, so it's it, there's a chance of it flipping there. You can also have somebody sit on the table or put some weight on it um, just to ensure that that's not a risk. But a table row is a great place to start with these. Um, if you have another uh, another way of um, elevating yourself even higher up, let's say that the table row is too difficult for you at this point. Um, maybe the gravity that low, that far down is too much for you to get up. That's okay. You can elevate these by creating something that is higher up for you to row on. And one of the things that comes to mind for me is the towel row or sheet row is another, uh, another good one. And sheet is actually probably better because it's going to be longer than a towel. So what you would do for this is if you tie the end of a sheet in a knot, one big knot, 
and then you throw the sheet over a door and then you close the door. When you pull the sheet on the other side, the knot is going to catch um, the door frame and then it's, gonna, it's not going to be able to go anywhere. The other side, the, the length that's still hanging should be pretty long because it's if it's a bed sheet, you've got some length there. And it should be long enough that if you go on that side of the door, you grab the sheet and then you start to sort of, you, you lean backwards, pulling the sheet tight, right? So at this point, the sheet is what's holding you up and keeping you from falling back. At that point, you can begin to walk your feet inward towards the door. And now you are at a, a, a like an inclined angle, right? Again, think of it like you're holding the sheet and the sheet's the only thing keeping you from just falling flat on your back. Now you're in a position to row. And the beauty here is that you can angle your feet by either walking closer to the door or further away from the door, depending on your ability level and how hard you want to make the row. So the inverted row is a great exercise to add into this. Um, everybody has a sheet at home, no matter who you are. You've probably got a sheet, and if you don't, you have a towel at least. So this is an exercise that can be performed by almost anyone at any fitness level. You can work your way up with this one pretty quickly if you make it a regular thing. Not only that, you're hitting multiple muscle groups in the back. It's a, it's a compound movement as well. So that's the third exercise. The fourth one would be an elevated bridge. Okay, now the bridge is an excellent exercise for anybody of any level. Um, it's also modifiable. It's really, really good for overall glute and hamstring development, and it's also great for people that might have um, back issues. If you've ever had a lower back injury, if you just have a tight back, it can be really good to help strengthen everything in that area. And it's also not going to be any impact, no impact, no strain, no excess stress. So you're working the target muscle groups we're looking for without putting your, your back in a compromised position. So with the bridge, you don't have to elevate it. You can start on the floor bring your feet close to your glutes and you're simply bridging your hips off the ground as high as you can. We're looking to really work the, the glutes and hamstrings here. Now, if that's too easy, that's okay. Put your feet up on a box, on the couch, on a chair, whatever it is, bridge yourself up with your feet in that higher elevated position. That's going to make the bridge a little bit harder. We're looking for height here. We're always looking for height at the top of that bridge. You're looking to squeeze your glutes and thrust your hips as far forward as you can, or in this case, it would be like towards the ceiling as you can. Now, if even the elevated bridge with both feet on the surface is too easy for you, now I would challenge you to, to lift one foot slightly off the surface and do a single leg bridge. For almost anyone that, I've, that I know personally, or I've ever seen, and even for myself, the single leg bridge is one that almost never gets easier. Um, even if you're an advanced lifter, if you have exercised for a long time, maybe a lot of these things just feel easy for you. Um, the elevated bridge, uh, on a single leg is still going to be a challenging exercise. Uh, the hamstrings are only so large and they're only so strong. So the way we do this elevated single leg bridge is, Number one, you've got the, now you, because you've removed the other foot, you've got the stability and balance aspect of it in there. Um, but you can also make this exercise more challenging if you want to by simply holding the exercise 
or holding the bridge at the at the top part of the movement longer, so getting a pause there at the top, and then focusing really deeply on the eccentric part of the movement, which means as you're coming back down, don't let your body just plop down to the ground. Don't let gravity do the work for you. When you get to that top spot, squeeze the hamstring, pause, and then lower yourself down really, really slowly, and then alternate legs. Again, no matter your level of fitness, that one is still going to be a challenging one to do. Single leg elevated bridge or double leg elevated bridge if you're not there yet. And the final one, guys, number five, the goblet squat. Um, I love this one. It's a standard squat. Now, if you don't know what a goblet squat is, that just means that you're holding something in front of your body that adds a little bit of weight. And the, re- the reason we do that is because what you'll find when you do the goblet squat is it's not just a leg exercise, even though you're squatting. That weight that's loaded in the front causes the body to want to move forward, causes you to want to bend forward, fall forward, whatever. And so if you're holding that weight in the front and you're going through the squat motion, what's going to have to work in addition to the legs is the core and a lot. The entire core, the abdominals, the erectors in the back, everything that encompasses the entire core, the obliques, all of it. They're all going to be working hard to keep that front-loaded weight from going anywhere and to keep your body from toppling forward with it. So by simply adding that front-loaded weight, you can almost double the intensity of this exercise pretty quickly. Now, again, it's modifiable just like the rest of these. If you're not ready for the goblet, you can do a body weight squat. That's fine too. We're still working the major muscle groups in the legs, right? We're still working the glutes. And the squat itself is a perfectly effective exercise, as we know. If you're not there in terms of just a body weight squat, that's okay too. Do um, box squats. And you can use a high box. You can use a chair, again, the couch, bed. Make it something that's high enough that when you squat down, you're not going down very low. Go down just enough to where you can feel that surface. Pop back up. And... As you get better at this, try to lower the surface that you're squatting to. Use a lower box. Use a smaller. Use a lower chair. You can always find something. You can you can create something in that around the house for this. Eventually, you'll get to the point you don't need that surface to stop yourself anymore. You can get down to that 90 degree uh, mark or lower, and come back up without any assistance. When you're there, that's starting to feel easy. Intensify it by adding the small weight in the front. You can also uh, hold it um, down below between your legs. This would be like a sumo squat variation. That's an option too. If you're still not to the goblet, but you want to add a little bit of weight to the regular squat, hold it between the legs, and then as you get better with that, you can transition it to in front of the chest for the goblet squat. So again, recapping all five of those, we've got Bulgarian split squats, we have modified push-ups, we have the inverted row, we have the elevated bridge, and we have the goblet squat. All of these, if you do all of these exercises, these five, back-to-back as a circuit, and let's say you do four or five rounds of this for 10 to 12 reps each exercise, you're going to be able to knock this workout out in less than 20 minutes, and you're going to know you did something when you're done. Right. Again, even if it's not the most ideal type of workout, that's what we're talking about here is in times when you know you're not going to get what would be ideal, but you got to do whatever you can. 
you've only got 20 to 30 minutes, you'll be able to knock out four rounds of this with all of these exercises back to back. And again, when you're done, your body's going to let you know that you worked. And it's always better than just sitting. One uh, note that I'll throw in here. One of the most versatile pieces of exercise equipment you can possibly ever own is called the TRX, Total Resistance Exercise. Uh, If you're not familiar with what this is, you've probably seen it. Um, It's just the straps that hang from the ceiling or a bar in in your local gym. And oftentimes they're black and yellow color uh, because those are the brand colors. And they just have a handle on the end with a loop just below the handle, which acts as a foot stirrup. Um, the TRX is so versatile. You can do endless amounts of things with this and all of the exercises that I just named, you can do with this TRX. If you're going to make an investment in any piece of equipment, let's say, let's say you don't have much money. You don't have much to spend on home exercise equipment and you want to know what can I get that would help me get a ton of things done for just having that one thing. TRX would be my answer. You can accomplish thousands of different exercises with just just that single set of straps. The, f- the five that I just named, the TRX would be great for all of those because the TRX would make all those modified versions I was talking about even easier. Um, especially with the inverted row and... Um, and even the even the um, the modified push-ups could be done with the TRX as well. So those five exercises make a great workout. If you're going to invest in a piece of gym equipment or home exercise equipment, rather that um, you want to use that can get you a ton of things done, not take up very much space, if any, easily storable, and you can also travel with it. You can throw your TRX in a suitcase. It's so versatile. It's one of the best things that has ever been invented as far as exercise goes, in my opinion. So invest in one of those if you're going to make an investment. If you like um, these exercise ideas, if you like these quick, here you go, here's the information, go get it done, let me know. I'm happy to throw more of these out there. Um, We can do more exercises, we can do more food stuff, whatever you guys want. So use these tips, use these exercises, use these tools, and go get after it. (music) 